you want to create a stronger team and a better business, you need to really understand everybody's an individual and deal with them on an individual basis to get the most out of them, to get these ideas out, to help them feel like they're part of something. Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure, free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff. And I hope you're having a best ever weekend because it is Sunday. We've got a special segment for you. Skillset Sunday. And by the end of our conversation today with our best ever guests, you will know how to develop your team better than how perhaps you're currently developing your team and creating your team better than perhaps how you're currently creating your team. With us today, we've got someone who has 17 years of developing his own team and he currently helps entrepreneurs develop their own team. How you doing, Sean Casemore? Hey, Joe. Thanks a lot for having me. My pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit more about Sean. He is the CEO of Casemore and Company, a global consulting firm for CEOs and businesses. He's the author of Operational Empowerment, Collaborate, Innovate, and Engage to Beat the Competition. And he's published over 1,000 articles on improving individual and organizational performance based in Ontario, Canada, with that being said, Sean, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus just to add some context to our conversation? And I'll try and stay as focused as possible on your audience, Joe. My experience was about 17 years in a different corporate environments, different companies, different sized organizations, different sectors. And I always had a team since the age of 23. I've had unionized, non-union two people working remote locations, up to 95 people in one location. So that experience over 17 years led me to wanting to launch my own business. And what I've specialized in and what I've kind of 
found that my specialty is, is in helping entrepreneurs, business owners understand how they can get more out of their team. And when we say team, I realize some of your listeners may have not have employees or maybe some that just have a team of folks that support them to run their own business from a marketing standpoint. So we'll talk about today and some of the tips I'll share really addresses your own employees if you have a team in that regard or if you have multiple teams in your business, but also if your team is not so much full-time employees as it is contractors that support you. These tips, techniques, and ideas will be applicable that we'll share. Yeah, I undersold what we're going to learn. It's not just about team development. As you said, it's how to get more out of our team, even better. So it directly applies to the bottom line. So how do we want to structure this conversation? How do you want to lead it off? I guess we could start with this. If you can give me some of the challenges you think your listeners face, one or two challenges, what I can do is probably tie that back to their team and how to overcome those challenges. That's going to be most Yeah. Okay, cool. One would be people who are looking for deals. So it could be a fix and flipper, someone who buys a house, fixes it up and flips it to someone else. Their challenge might be either finding enough deals or finding the right contracting partners. So the people are doing all the work. Those would be a couple challenges I could think that they have. Let's start there. So in this case, let's look at the team. I'll address both these, but we'll start with the contractors. The team, if you're going to be successful in fixing and or flipping, obviously you need a team of different contractors, although you might have a general contractor, you need that team to support you. So they need to be able to drop everything and and come running when you need them. Although in their own business, they might have to sustain other business and other customers, which means they're not always there for you. Cost is always a factor. The more you pay them, the less profit you have. And the last thing would be when you look at your contractor as a team, you know, trying to get on the same page. This is your bread and butter to them. It might be just another job. So how do you get more to that relationship? Step one, when you think about any contractor to your business, and by contractor, I don't specifically mean like a general contractor, but anybody that you pay an hourly or by job basis, you have to realize those folks have their own businesses and have their own priorities. And therefore, you need to somehow make your business their priority. Say that again. You have to make your business their priority. Now, the logical ways that we've seen this done, even if you watch some of the shows on TV, is that the investor goes out and they beat up on the contractor, yell and scream and rant and rave and threaten to pull business. That looks good for TV, and that's why that's on TV. But in reality, (laughs) that's not the way it works. So you have to figure, how can I make things, my business, just as important as their business? You can do that, obviously, through leverage, the amount of business you give them. But more importantly, you want to make them feel like they're part of something. So, for example, when you're going out to take a look at a property, do you bring your contractor, I think I'm talking like a general contractor, with you? Do you involve them in decision-making? Do you actually give them the chance to take a look at situations and provide potential solutions? And when they do, do you thank them for it? And do you take some of their advice? I see myself, I've been involved in real estate now for probably only about five or six years. It's kind of a side venture, something I enjoy. And really to build that team when I'm kind of a solo investor, it becomes trying to ensure that other people who support me, although they're not an employee, they feel like this is also their business. And that comes back to building a relationship, which includes things like trust, honesty. And you'll find that a lot of contractors will be very receptive to that because everybody else treats them like crap. And so they're happy to work with those, actually treat them like a human being, 
respect their ideas and viewpoints and treat them as if they're part of your business. I love that. It's involving them. One thing that I do with my team, so I'm not a fix and flipper, but I have teams for my company. And I always make sure that I mention it's not my podcast, it's our podcast. And I have that mentality because it truly is our, it's the team, it's not just me. And I think that has a psychological benefit as well. What do you think? Absolutely, it does. It really comes back to, I think in business sometimes, we end up running over those who support us and maybe inadvertently because we're so busy, we're so fixated on the next deal, the next opportunity, cash flow. I mean, those things absorb much of the time, I'm sure, of your listeners. But the problem is in doing that, many of us, because we're so focused on those things, they cause stress, we can come off as jerks. And then that inadvertently can be then thrust upon those who support us. And notice, we're talking about a contractor here, but if you had employees on your team, the same thing can happen. You're focused on cash flow. You're focused on sales. You're focused on the next deal. But that stress, then when you turn to answer some questions of your employee or your contractor, comes out that you're a little bit of a jerk. And then what do they think of you? They think you're a jerk. So are they going to stand behind you? Are they going to be there when you really need them? The answer is no. And you're probably going to wonder, well, why, why is that? I've given them a solid job. I've been paying them for years. I've been trying to include them as a team. And so it becomes very difficult for the entrepreneur or the investor in this case to have a couple different mindsets going on. Number one, the business mindset, which is the next deal, cash flow, profitability, but also the separate mindset that is, hey, in order to be successful, I can't do this alone. I need people, be they employees or contractors or otherwise, and people are receptive to other people. People are receptive to being treated fairly, being treated honestly. And heck, I can actually warm people up a little bit if I start to maybe go that extra mile, drop off a coffee. You know, when I went and saw my contractor, I always tried to grab some coffee for the guys. Here's a funny situation. I had a contractor and his team working last summer on this property that I had. It was a really hot summer day, which believe it or not, despite the snow, we do get <laughs> I'm coming in, I'm rushing in. I got a few minutes to stop by, see how it's going and move on to the next thing. And I thought, you know what? If it were me, here it is Friday at 3.30. I'm hoping they're going to stay and finish the job. So I stopped and grabbed some beer, brought it back. And I said, hey, guys, I hope this is okay. I can tell you that the contractor that led that job became my friend immediately. He started <laughs> bringing stuff to my house after hours, dropping off stuff. Here, I forgot to do this. Here's a deal on that. Suddenly, he's my best friend. And all I did was take a moment to step out of my agenda, my schedule, mm-hmm. and start to think about them as people and realize, well, what would I want if I were them? Man, it's a hot Friday afternoon. I want some beer, right? Mm-hmm. It's that mindset. So entrepreneurs and investors need to kind of focus on two mindsets. There's the business mindset and mode. There's also the people mindset mode, which oftentimes is very similar to how you would deal with your customers. I'm suggesting you deal with contractors, employees with a similar tone and ideas that you would with your customers. I imagine that the principles that you teach and work with your clients on through your consulting firm are similar principles that we as real estate investors can employ So what framework do you use with your clients when you're working with them to get the most out of their team? Typically, what I would do is every team is different. Every organization is different. So for example, just speaking with a client here this morning, 
we are working with kind of a subset of a small group of people in the organization. We identified some very minor changes to something. And this morning we sent that out to the broader team before it went live and said, hey, give us your feedback. What do you think? And interestingly enough, out of about 15, 20 additional people this went to, two were just hands down, this is crap, this is not going to work. So in that case, it became... Fire them. No, I'm kidding. Well, you all, yeah, (laughs) they're senior people. They've been around for a while. And so the funny thing was, leading up to this, everybody in the subgroup I was working with said, oh, there's going to be some barriers, going to be some problems. And I said, what would it be? Oh, can't tell you. Well, it became very clear what they are. Some senior people that realistically are just at a point in their career where they don't want to change. Now, the one mindset is, as you suggested, Joe, fire them, get rid of them. They're not going to accept change. I don't have time for this. But on the flip side, you've got to realize, well, they've got how many decades of experience here? This may be a matter of I have to invest a little more time with them to convince them, but also on the flip side, what am I maybe missing here? So rather than let my desire to say, hey, screw them, let's just move forward with this, this is necessary, i got to invest a little bit of extra time. So when you go back to what's the framework, it's really step one, understanding that everybody on a team is an individual. They've got their own life experiences, which includes their personal experiences, their own work experience, their own ideas, and everybody wants to share those ideas and experiences. Some people will speak up and slap you upside the head with it. The next person might not say boo, but everybody does have that information. So if you want to create a stronger team and a better business, you need to really understand everybody's an individual and deal with them on an individual basis to get the most out of them, to get these ideas, to help them feel like they're part of something. And when you create an environment where that happens, powerful things begin to happen. People begin to feel happy at work, which we all know means they're actually more productive. They start to share ideas more frequently, which as an entrepreneur, we can't think of everything. So it really starts as simply as that understanding that everybody is an individual, has their own ideas and viewpoints. Some of them might not be valid because they don't have all the background that I do or others do, but a lot of people just want to be heard. And if you can listen to them and start to capitalize on some of those ideas, build a very, very strong team. How do you treat everyone as an individual and hear their ideas while still scaling a company? Here's how we've handled it in the past, right? We put in layers of management. So your team starts to grow and you say, well, I need a general manager to manage this team, or I need a supervisor for this group. And and that's okay. But the problem is when we hire those people, we usually pick the best person. So you've heard that old saying, you get the top salesperson, you make them manage the sales department. Now you've got two problems. Number one, you've lost your best salesperson. And number two, that person may not be a good people person. If you're going to put these layers in, you want to pick leaders who are people first. They're good with people because I can train any skill. I don't care what it is. might take me time, but I can train a skill. I can develop somebody's skills. I can't make everybody good with people. So when we're adding these layers, that's what you want to consider. That's step one. But on the flip side, let's say you're not going to add layers. You're still small enough that you can scale for a while before you put leaders into place. You need to calendarize some time, right, where you're dealing with your people, whether it be contractors or otherwise. This isn't a stop by a property and just, hey, how's it going? What's new? If you're going to do it that way, schedule time to spend time with people. Make a point and realize that as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, The people that are in this business are as important, if not more so than me, because they're out there making it happen. I may be putting the deals together and shaking hands, but they're delivering. So I really have to invest some time. And I tell leaders all the time, stick in your calendar every Friday to spend the afternoon or the morning going around and just talking to people. You might not hit everybody every Friday, but make a point of doing that. And what you'll find is you're able to better understand everybody as an individual. Therefore, when you're positioning things, 
ideas, viewpoints, asking questions, you can position it from a perspective that they personally appreciate. Let's say we have a remote business. A lot of real estate investors have remote team members. So let's say we follow your advice on scheduling time with our remote team members. We just jumped on the call. They say hi. We say, hey, how's it going? We do the initial pleasantries. How do I approach that call? What questions do I ask? Well, step one, don't have a call. If you look at the technology we're using today, Joe, Zoom, Skype, there's all these tools out here today that allow for face-to-face interaction. So preference number one, and even use mobile for it, I have a face-to-face interaction. Because think about any call you're ever on. When somebody calls you, what are you typically doing? I'm picking my nose right now while you're talking. You know, you're, you're writing notes, you're answering <laughs> emails, you're trying to type quietly so nobody hears, right? So you get them face-to-face, you've got their attention, even if it's for a short span, and you get a better feel for where their head's at. Are they really interested in this or not? It goes back to the old saying, body language is the most powerful communication tool we have. And yet in today's highly technologically driven world, we're missing that piece and wondering, why do I have to send 32 emails to get the point across? Well, why didn't you go see them? That would have saved you a lot of time. So if you've got a remote team, and I have the same in my business today, I schedule time to have a Skype or a Zoom or something where we get face-to-face. Maybe it's only once a month. Maybe it's once a week, depending on how important that person is to the business and how frequently we need to interact. And I can change that. I start out once a month. That's not enough. I pull it up to once every two weeks. And I set this up with the individual that, look, I think it's important that we stay connected. I prefer face-to-face because it allows for both of us just to have a more meaningful conversation. And if they push back and say, I don't want that because I'd rather be at home in my PJs right now, tell them just put a better shirt on and let's (laughs) go face-to-face. Give me the chance to give it a try first. It really is the face-to-face is the key with those remote people to ensuring that you're having a valuable dialogue. Okay. All right. We're seeing them electronically via Skype or something, or we're in person now What questions do we ask? How do we structure that conversation? It depends on their role. You start with pleasantries. Now, that may sound so simple and stupid, right? You say, hey, how's it going? What's new? But the change to what I would suggest a lot of entrepreneurs make when they ask that question is I actually pause and wait for an answer rather than just, hey, how are things? Great. Anyways, here's what I need from you. That's typically how that conversation goes. So we've got in our mind going into this, hey, I'm spending 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20, just trying to find out what's going on in this person's life. So they focus heavily on business. I'm going to go there with them, but ask them, how are things going personally? They focus heavily on the personal side of things, and I'm going to go, great. How are things going in your job? What's going on right now? So it's just that time to have a dialogue, and there doesn't have to be a fixed agenda. The point is, if you're an effective leader and you're dealing with people just like you would a customer, you're going to change your approach. So think about this again from a customer standpoint. If you've got a customer that's pounding his or her fist on the table, demanding answers, do you sit back and crack a smile and light up a cigar? Probably not, right? You get them the answers quickly. Same if you have an employee that's direct like that, I'm going to respond directly. Or if I've got somebody who's more thought-provoking and they want to sit back and analyze things, I'm going to mimic the same because that's how I break through that barrier of the fact that, hey, I'm human just like you. Yeah, I'm your boss, but I appreciate you. I care about your ideas and viewpoints. And that starts to, again, open up people to providing new ideas, being more creative and more supportive to my business. So far, what I've written down for takeaways for how to get the most out of our team is one, make your business their priority by going the extra mile, 
making them feel like they are part of something and or involving them in the decision-making process. Another is don't be a jerk. (laughs) Pretty simple. A third is to get feedback for what you might be missing. So when you use that example of sending it out to 15 or so people, a couple people who'd been there for a while said, what's going on? I don't like this. Well, what might you be missing? And the fourth is everyone on the team is an individual and they want to share their experiences and scheduling time with them in person as much as possible. I don't think it's as much as possible. I think as much as is required to get you your sweet spot, probably. And then if you can't do in person, then do it via Skype or Zoom or something like that. Anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to mention that will help the best ever listeners get the most out of their team? I guess that the last point I would bring up, Joe, is the idea that, again, if you realize everybody's an individual, you have to realize that recognizing people, thanking them has to also be individual. So for example, let's say you've got a few people in your team and you have a great year and you do the cliche, send them all a jacket or give them all a ball cap. That's fine. But if you've ever received a jacket from maybe a business you were working in at some point, some people love that jacket. Some people would rather have the cash. Some people don't like the color. Some people get their name spelled wrong. So <laughs> when you look at recognition or just call it thanking people, that also has to be individual. So sometimes that's a matter of with you, Joe, because we've got a great rapport and we get along well, think very similar. You may be a similar personality to me. I know I can pick up the phone and give you a call and say, hey, Joe, I really appreciate your hard work on that. And I send you a gift certificate for Dunkin' Donuts or something. Somebody else, I'm going to see them on the site. So I go over and give them a pat in the back. Somebody else, I drop some beer off to. I mean, if you really think about that recognition and thanking people is also individual because that's the only way I can make sure it's valuable to the person. And you do that, again, you're going to find people are more appreciative and more supportive of you and your business. And I know you're going to say it depends on the individual, but I still would like for you to tell a story of one of the best ways that you've seen or done personally the individual thank you approach? Personally, my experience has been, and everybody disagrees with me on this or pushes back, but my personal experience has been just walking around, going to see people and just thanking them. Now, I'm not going to say the same thing every time. I'm going to change it up based on the situation, but hands down, most people just want to thank you. Again, that thank you will vary depending on the individual. So the shy person not going to go over and pull them up in front of the team and make a big announcement because that's going to piss them off. And I'm going to go talk to them at their place of work, their desk, or get on Skype with them and say, look, you put a lot of effort into that. Notice I'm being specific about my thank you. And it was done on time. And that's the best we've ever done. I just want to tell you, I really appreciate that. I know you put some extra hours in to get this done. It's that personalization that is absolutely key. But again, it's just that face-to-face recognition. Most people, if you give them money, they just want more. That's something I can use once in a while, but taking time out of my day when most people recognize as an entrepreneur, you're busy. So if you take time of your day to specifically go see somebody and say, I got nothing else on my agenda, just want to stop by and say thank you, people are probably going to be shocked at first. And after a while, come to desire that kind of feedback, which again is a good thing because you can build on that. You can start to take that to, I'm thanking you. And by the way, what other ideas do you have? How might we replicate this success again? You just start with thanking them on a one-on-one basis. Sean, thank you for being on the show and talking about how to ultimately get the most out of our team, but it's deeper than that. It's also how to have a more 
enjoyable relationship with our employees so that we all achieve larger things together. Because when we're implementing the tactics that you mentioned that I recapped already, other than that last piece of thanking the individual, then we will enjoy ourselves much more than if we are doing the opposite or not doing it at all. I promise you that. No one likes being a jerk, I don't think. And asking ourselves better questions like what else might I be missing and having conversations as much as is needed to reach that sweet spot of efficiency with our team members in person or where we're seeing them. That's something I don't do and I will implement. I will test it out and see the change in the results because I have a a daily call with my team at 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. They're all local, but we don't do Skype. We just get on the phone call and I don't see some of them very often in person. So I'm going to implement that. And then also making your business their priority. When we step outside of ourselves and we step in someone else's shoes and we make it their priority, then ultimately our priorities are going to be addressed and then some. And I love your example of just paying 20, 25 bucks for a case of beer to the contractors and all of a sudden guaranteed you're making your money back that you invested in that case of beer and then some. Plus, you just feel better. I mean, come on. It's just we're on the journey together. Why not enjoy each other's company? So thanks so much for being on the show. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? Well, again, thanks, Joe, for having me. The best place to find me is on the web, www.seancasemore.com. So that's S-H-A-W-N-C-A-S-E-M-O-R-E.com. You'll find a lot of tips, resources, videos, everything there about how to further develop your team. Also, you can Google my name. You'll find me on virtually every social media channel out there. Excellent. Well, Sean, thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at com.